0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The
2: Steve Dace Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand. On Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre is here with me, as is Todd Erzin. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can let us know what you think about what we think. That's how you can email the program. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Must let you know, today is a momentous day. Gentlemen, you know what
2: day it is. Oh, I talk about it in the montage. Wait. Wait. No. Not that? No, it's not that. Ready? Oh, no. Probably not.
1: Blinded by the white. Oh. oh. Yes. Yeah. The shorts have officially come out. What is today? April 22nd. Is that the latest we've ever revved up like a douche? with Blinded by the White on this show can you guys remember is April the 22nd the latest we've ever we've ever unveiled the glorious white uh, light that is my legs after a winter
2: of covering have we have we ever waited this long before I thought you came in like two weeks ago at one point did I
1: maybe you know the days are just kind of running together now I I was frankly expecting a lot more disappointment around here and for that I am disappointed like I, I, was expecting some gnashing of teeth. Are we so desperate right now for any sign of normalcy that even the sight of my pasty white legs not get gives away. you a certain amount of reassurance that life will return one day? No, like the swallows from Capistrano. <laughs> yes, Dace's white legs. Yes, no. Uh. I, 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 I was hoping for a lot more disgust than what I received this morning. I was, and I'm, and I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm very disappointed. All right.
0: I'm pretty, my disgust meter is like,
1: <laughs> are you exhausted? It's, it's pretty out? broke. It's yeah. busted. Are you like the price of oil per barrel right now? <laughs> yes. Right. You just, you, you you people are paying you for exhaust now or, yes. or for disgust now. Right. Yeah. All right. So coming up here on today's show at the bottom of the hour, today is a momentous day because we have now had two full weeks of data from Todd, your former home state of Wisconsin which to the chagrin of the virtue signaling blue checkmark mob on both sides of the political spectrum proceeded to imperil the entire United States by permitting people in the hundreds of thousands to get out and vote two Tuesdays ago. On April 7th. Do you
0: know how many people I said goodbye to after that? I just said, you know, it's I been was not asking, knowing you. I
1: love you. Did the Erzin family like do like as we well, don't zoom anymore because that's shy comms. Right. So did you guys do like a FaceTime or a group Skype call and say, hey, yeah, happy trails. We'll see you on the flip yeah, side. Yeah. You know, endangering your life by going out. Did you did you thank your friends and family members? Hey, um, good. Hey, thanks for uh, infecting America. Good job, guys, on, uh, to vote in two primary contests that were largely already decided. Did you guys? Do that to one another as well? All that stuff said
0: it's really going to suck not beating the Hawkeyes anymore, but goodbye. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, we've had two full weeks, and remember the incubation period for the SARS-2 coronavirus is 14 days, right? So we have had the entire incubation period since Wisconsin decided to infect America and likely the world. What has that data shown us over the last two weeks? We will show you coming up at the bottom of the hour. And you don't want to miss this, I promise. Next hour, some buy, sell, or hold, and then our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of
2: what happened while we were locked down. What happened while we were locked down, brought to you by a tradition unlike any other.
1: Deep in the woods of North Carolina, an extremist eco-group called Earth First bewails the violation of American nature. I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've seen. And tell them that we love them.
2: Yesterday is Earth Day, the day brought to you at least in part by Ira Einhorn, the radical environmentalist and patron saint of the global warming cult, who in 1977 murdered his girlfriend and composted her body.
0: I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest, and I've felt outraged, but I didn't scream and
1: I didn't cry,
0: and I need to.
2: Happy Earth Day. Moving on, and in more current news, Santa Clara County in California announced late last night the result of autopsies, which showed three people in the Bay Area died from COVID-19 before March 9th. One of those people died on February 6th. The first death in the U.S. from the virus was previously reported to have happened in Washington state on February 29th. This means that with the long incubation period and even longer time before severe symptoms show up, the latest possible date for the virus to come to American shores was likely sometime in early January. A new contact tracing investigation out of France shows a nine-year-old boy who contracted the Wuhan coronavirus in eastern France did not pass the virus on to others, despite having contact with at least 170 other people in multiple countries the department of public health in france said in addition to carrying the virus the boy also had contracted the flu and passed that on to his siblings but not the wuhan coronavirus a new antibody testing survey out of san miguel county colorado shows around two percent of its residents have antibodies to the wuhan coronavirus san miguel county is a largely remote rural county with the exception of telluride a ski resort town And now two completely unrelated stories. A new poll from MSNBC shows 75% of their viewers believe non-essential workers should not be allowed to move about freely outside amidst the pandemic. The United Nations says the world will be facing multiple famines in just a matter of months due to deep economic disruption brought about by the virus. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, that's cool, but did Carol Baskin feed her husband to the tigers? and now this a mother in meridian idaho was arrested after taking her children to the park to play with other children from their neighborhood authorities say she was trespassing after the park was closed due to the coronavirus in florida governor ron desantis is getting his state ready to reopen and has some thoughts on the models that were the basis of the shutdowns
1: we heard report after report saying it was just a matter of time between uh, until Florida's hospital system was completely overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients. In fact, uh, there was an article in March um, in the Miami Herald that said this week, uh, this week in April, Florida could see 465,000 people hospitalized throughout the state of Florida. The reality, slightly more than 2,000. Uh, Those predictions have been false. Our work is succeeding. We have flattened
2: the curve. And finally, remember when New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio encouraged all of us to snitch on our neighbors by taking pictures when they weren't social distancing correctly? And now it's as simple as taking a photo. All you got to do is take
1: the photo and put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this and we will make sure that enforcement comes right away.
2: Well, now, according to the New York Post, that tip line is being flooded with penis pics and Hitler memes. Couldn't have happened to a better policy, and that's what happened while we were away.
1: I'll allow it. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by Freedom Project Education. A lot of folks right now are discovering that they can homeschool, because you have to. Now, we chose to do it, but uh, we understood, hey, it's not for everybody, but right now it kind of is. And maybe you're thinking, you know... don't necessarily have to send my kid back to that left-wing center of indoctrination whenever they should choose to reopen. Maybe we can do this from here. Well, that's why you want to check out our buddy Dr. Duke Pesta's operation at Freedom Project Academy. And Duke, uh, him and I got to know each other when we worked together on the fight against Common Core. He was one of the leaders in that fight, uh, as a matter of fact. And shortly after that is when he and others established Freedom Project Academy, uh, which is an accredited classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students that In K through 12, and this is complete, interactive. Uh, It's an educational experience where students attend live classes and with other students across the country, but from the comfort and safety of your own home. And the whole goal here is critical thinking. So we're not trying to teach kids with Freedom Project Academy what to think, but how to think for themselves. If you want to get more information on this, get a free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. A free free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. Again, that's freedomforschool.com. Let us get to Aaron's montage, shall we? Because boy, howdy, is there a treasure trove of tasty morsels uh, pouring forth from said cornucopia this morning. From the very beginning on this show, when we started going in depth on the research of this virus, we have questioned, how do you flatten a curve if you don't know when it began? How do you explain that the very week before we started shutting the country down, the CDC reported 7.7% of all deaths in America, all deaths in America, were the result of flu and pneumonia? That several times in January and February, CDC reported that we were way above uh, or way over the line when it came to flu and pneumonia and above what the CDC described as the epidemic line. Why were we going by a lot of the early data that we were getting, which was from China and the WHO, which clearly had already shown that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't honest? It couldn't be trusted. Why were we acting on, and so, in such a draconian way, acting on data that we didn't have? Why were we doing this? And we were not the only people asking this. A lot smarter people than us were asking this. Dr. Michael Osterholm, uh, the director of the Center uh, for the for Infectious Disease at the University of Minnesota has served the last five presidents and used to serve this one. He was asking those questions just days after the lockdowns began. In the pages of the Washington Post, Dr. David Katz, the co-founder of Yale's Griffin Prevention Center. He was asking those questions just days after the lockdowns began in the pages of the New York Times. Suneetri, Dr. Sinutre Gupta a professor of theoretical epidemiology at Oxford University. She was asking those questions just days after the UK locked down in response to the now discredited Imperial College model. I could go on. Stanford has been consistently questioning this. There are others. You've heard me cite them and seen me cite them on this show for the last month and a half. However, I also have pointed out that if we're going to question the conventional wisdom on an issue of this level of importance. You know, it's one thing to be fly-by-night and question the conventional wisdom on something that it's clear people aren't serious about. They're just using it politically, like a a 27-minute phone call to Ukraine. Not saying it's not a serious issue, I'm saying that most of the people that are pushing it aren't serious. If you know what I'm trying to say. That there's not really an interest in finding out what happened on that call. There's just an interest in using that call as a means to an end to get to an outcome that we have long been trying to generate anyway. And we're just going to, you know, do this by hook or by crook. It's one thing to be contrarian on those things. But when you're going to be contrarian on something that is literally a matter of life and death we've never thought on this show that it was sufficient just to skeptically question because even if they're right, but they don't have the right answers to to why they're right right now and you successfully question them in a way that causes people to lose confidence in, in an approach that might've saved their life at another time. That's where this becomes more than a much more than a game, much more than how many clicks can I get, much more than, hey, are we trending? Are, are people reading our stuff? There, there's a lot more going on here, right? Yes. Right. And so we thought we needed an alternative. We needed to posit an alternative hypothesis that at least made the same data make sense so we could have an intelligent conversation, a constructive criticism rather than a destructive one. And the alternative theory that we have worked by on this show is that the virus was here the entire time. That explains the epidemic levels for flu and pneumonia. That explains, and, and you know, we, we are a show that has a substantial audience, but we're not Mark Levin or Glenn Beck, that level of substantial. But I have literally received hundreds and hundreds of emails from people. And it really began, remember, with a conversation with my mom, who's a nurse who was actually one of the American cases that uh, for H1N1 several years ago. And she was convinced that she had this when she because she gets admitted for whatever's going around pretty much every year, at least once. She has a very weakened immune system. And she was convinced that she had this way back in January where she lives in Michigan. And I, and I thought, you know, my mom's just not gonna, she's not one to like cavalierly just throw stuff out there when it comes to medicine. She's a retired nurse, all right. She takes this stuff very seriously. It's her life's work. So we just happened to mention it on the show one day when we were first positing this counter theory, right? The amount of emails and messages I still receive from people with similar stories or stories of loved ones with a similar story. I've gotten as much email about that particular angle as anything we've ever talked about in the history of this show, frankly. And it continues to come in. Now, I'm not one because I'm big on data. I'm not one to to, to govern myself by anecdotal Um, accumulation. But when that amount of anecdotal accumulation starts mounting and it starts showing up from people all across the country, and even in factoring in, some people maybe are just making it up because they want this to be true, so they can get their America back, right? But but that can't explain the volume. I mean, this was like Miracle on 34th Street, the scene where he brings in all the mail for Chris Kringle from the U.S. Postal Service to confirm that he's Santa Claus, and he puts it all down on the judge's desk, right? I was getting that level. I've gotten that level of of, of communication about this almost from a digital standpoint. That can not all be wrong. It cannot all be just like you can't govern yourself by it, you can't dismiss that level of accumulation either. There, there must be something there. Now, maybe it's not what you hope it would be, but something must be there. But there was always a hole in this theory, remember? And we were upfront with you about the hole that we had in our hypothesis. How do we explain New York City? Well, remember, then a few weeks ago, the New York Times... This is where their constant attempt to, to undermine Donald Trump actually worked to our favor. Uh, this is the New York Times reported that well over 40,000 travelers from, to and from China had come into New York since the president restricted that travel on January 31. In other words, they reloaded the gun. That could absolutely explain the outlier that is New York City. And even though New York City didn't live up to the doomsday models either, they still absolutely experienced a tragedy there that you cannot deny. Okay? So what's the rationale for it to be the outlier? That could be one of the reasons. Not to mention, as we've talked about before. It's the most densely populated city in the country, a cold climate, particularly this time of year. And then how many of them are riding those subways and the, and, and the mass transit authority there in those five boroughs, indoor climate controlled environments, all those infected surfaces. And they're sharing that all back and forth. And those unique demographics could explain the unique outlier that was New York City. Because do you know what the second most densely populated city in America is? Now, not the second most overall populated, but densely populated, people per square mile. Do you know what it is? It is San Francisco, California, which neighbors Santa Clara County. Now, Santa Clara County was in the news on this show last week because Stanford University is in that county. That's its home county. 1.9 million people live there, and Stanford set out being dubious of the data that we were acting on that wasn't there, set out on its own to do its own independent first random sample scientific serology antibody study in the country. There have now been several others, including one that Aaron noted in his montage that have similar numbers, just in difference in terms of range. But when I say similar, the amount of infected way outweighs what we're being reported, which way drops down the case fatality rate that we're being reported as well. Well, you connect those dots from the Stanford serology survey that found at the very least 50 times more people are infected or were infected in Santa Clara County than the California Department of Health was recording. Well, then the California Department of Health went out and did its own serology survey. 340 miles to the south in Los Angeles County with USC. And you know what it found? Pretty much the exact same thing. So. That brings us to the news Aaron cited in today's montage that came out this morning. An autopsy done in the aforementioned Santa Clara County, California. The same county where the first serology result, at least publicly that we know of, we don't really know if the feds have done any, they just haven't told us. This is the first one that's been done publicly. The first public serology sample came out on Friday And now, this morning, today, on Wednesday, we learn that on February 6th of this year, somebody tragically died in Santa Clara County with SARS-2 coronavirus. And if you trace the incubation period of the virus, not to mention how long it takes to mobilize somebody to the point of needing intensive care, hospitalization, and death. Even if we took the absolute most conservative timeline I'm going to go way more conservative than what Aaron did cuz his timeline that he gave you is probably the right one looking at the pathology that we have seen from the virus up close and personal so far. But let's say that on a on a on a, on a specific day there was and then the incubation period and then instantly instantly this patient went instantly to a life-threatening he devolved into the COVID-19 disease instantly. At the absolute L- l- possible latest, we can now confirm a death from SARS 2 coronavirus in America. That infection at the absolute earliest, man, is January the 22nd. At the absolute earliest. Or latest, I'm sorry. That's the absolute latest, is January the 22nd. And that's if the virus performed in this patient's body perfectly the the, the pathology was at its most vicious from infection to death you go back to about January 22nd here's the other big thing out of this story community spread this patient had no extraordinary travel history meaning he didn't just get back from Wuhan China because our previous patient zero was a visitor from Wuhan China to Spokane Washington on January 29th according to CDC that was our previous patient zero but that was a patient. That wasn't a death. That was somebody who came from brought this from Wuhan China to Spokane Washington on January 29th. This is a death. And this wasn't a guy that just got back, didn't just did didn't Christmas in in China. This was a community spread. Which means in one of the most densely populated areas of the United States, they were community spreading this amongst themselves as 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 early or maybe even earlier than right after Christmas. How do you flatten a curve if you don't know when the curve begins? Other than... They're just biased because of climate alarmism, and I didn't. You know, I, I think that was true with the Imperial College model, and it has a history of this. It did this with Mal- mad cow disease. The exact same researcher did the exact same scam. I wanted to give Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation more of a benefit of the doubt. I disagree with them on a few things, but they have done some good work in other parts of the world. Not to mention, most of us have been blessed by uh, some, uh, Bill Gates' work in the past. So, I wanted, I wanted to say maybe it's just they're wrong, and they had the wrong baseline. Well, now they're actively out there using their models to lobby, so I, I can't give them that benefit of the doubt either. But maybe one of the reasons, if you, if you don't want to buy into their own ideo, ideological bias, is what led to their failure. They all had the wrong baseline, right? How many of you were shown those charts, those dramatic charts, look at the spiking cases in America, And they always started like March 13th or March 1st, right? What if it was January 1st? What if it was January 22nd? See, I think the virus is worse than we've been told. I think it's infected far more people and I think it's killed far more people as well. I just think it was wreaking havoc here all winter long. But because we weren't peddling panic porn, We largely went about our day. We had no tests for it in January and February. Didn't know really what it was. Wasn't on most people's radar. And Anthony Fauci, our fearless leader today, he was telling us in January, there's nothing to worry about. He was writing in the New England Journal of Medicine on February 28th. Three and a half weeks after the first death in Santa Clara County that we now can confirm. He was writing in the New England Journal of Medicine on February 28th. It's it's not going to be any worse than the flu. This wasn't on anybody's radar the whole time while it was here. We missed our window to lock this down. So all we did was lock down a bunch of people where the virus thrives. Indoor climate controlled environments, our own home state right now. Is, they're, they're struggling. They lock down nursing homes. They can't stop it from spreading there. They, lo- they, they meat packing plants, indoor climate controlled environments. Some of you probably live in a state where your governor's like, we got to let these people out of prison. We've got an outbreak. If you can't lock down a prison, tell me what you can lock down. Meanwhile, you saw Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, sitting in that montage as well. Why isn't his state smoldering ash? That's the question Todd was asking. Did I get that phrase right? That was your exact phrase, right? Indeed. Yeah. You can have it. Yeah. Tell me. Remember we all saw the college kids down there for spring break while America was locking down and doing body shots off of butt cracks, right? We all saw these viral videos, right? We did. They're gonna kill everybody. Per capita, the second largest elderly population in America. The most, what may be the most traveled state in America. Why did it never become smoldering ash outside of really two places? Why? Well, because what is it pretty much year round in Florida? Sunny and warm and SARS viruses don't like sun and don't like warmth. San Francisco is not as warm as LA. Is it warmer than New York City? A lot. Is it sunnier than New York City? Hell yeah. So, on top of the fact, no subway system there, you're outdoors and it's right in the trolley car. This has been common sense all along, folks.
0: That's the scary part, man.
1: Yes, it is. Common sense all along. You want to know why these European countries are opening up their schools? Because of what Aaron had in there. The kids don't spread it to the adults. University of Zurich said this last week. That's why they're opening up their schools in a couple of weeks. The adults give it to the kids. It's the other way around. Those kids, they've got the immunity systems, the antibodies. Yesterday you learned the odds of a a vaccine are getting lower. Because it mutates too fast. So how are we going to get to safety? Well, the same way we've been doing it, folks, since like Leviticus. Herd immunity, man. That's how. Exactly what Sweden did. And now more of these countries are beginning to do. If your governor's keeping you indoors, he or she's not protecting you. They're putting you in danger. I, I'm, I'm not saying that flippantly. I mean it. They're putting... They're increasing the odds that you will get it or at the very least that your state, your community will be behind the curve in getting to the health level that it needs. They're making it worse. Now, if you think this sounds... Nut, it could not be that simple, Steve. Okay, let's test this again, shall we? Let's test it again. In a few moments, we're going to come back and we're going to show you some data that after you see this, you're going to want to go Shays' Rebellion. What happened in Wisconsin? April 7th, 465,786 people came out to vote. In person, likely the largest outpouring of the American people since the shutdowns began. Clearly, clearly touching all those surfaces after being outdoors. Clearly, there should have been a massive, massive spike of of tragedy in the state of Wisconsin. The virtue signalers say so, Steve. They they go back and read what people were tweeting on April the seventh. That that we probably should have thought of that. That might have been fun. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out when you come back that there was. What does the data actually say we're going to show you in a moment? Mobile has an important announcement to make. Uh, to help Americans stay in touch with their loved ones during this difficult time. They've reduced their prices even further. And right now, you can contact their US-based team and design your customized family plan for as low as $25. Your customized family plan for as low as $25 and all the way up to just $55 as well. You can't beat that. Plus, they're not going to charge you hidden fees like the big boys do. And a further plus is unlike Big Mobile, they spend the profits you give them on the causes that you agree with and believe in. They're not working against you. They're not mobilizing your money against you at Patriot Mobile. So switch to the only mobile phone company that shares your values and switching is easy. You can keep your phone number. You can bring your own phone and buy a new one from them if you want to make the upgrade. All right, join their family of freedom-loving Americans today and get a free activation plus a free gift. I mean, how many other incentives can they give you here? Cheapest rates, free activation, free gift. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or you can give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. So, what happened? What happened in Wisconsin? Remember, Wisconsin was going to be the death of us all. Boy, Twitter on, on, on April 7th of this year might have set a record for virtue signaling per capita in mass. And that's saying something, because that's essentially all that Twitter is. Because Wisconsin, under a judge's orders, was not permitted. To push back its election to win supposedly it was going to be safer to go out and stop hiding from the SARS 2 coronavirus. So it held its primary as scheduled on April the 7th. What have we learned since it did so? Let's find out together. On April 7th, Wisconsin held its controversial primary election. Because of concerns about the SARS-2 coronavirus, 70% of Wisconsinites voted by mail, which is believed to be one of the highest percentages in American history. However, that still means 465,786 people went out and voted in person in Wisconsin on April 7th. That's twice as many people as live in Madison which is Wisconsin's second largest city. Given the restrictions in place on the American people, that is likely the largest outpouring of Americans anywhere and in any state in this country in the last six weeks. Today marks 15 days since the Wisconsin primary election. The SARS-2 coronavirus has a 14-day incubation period. Therefore, this is the time now to see if Wisconsin created a massive public health disaster by permitting 465,786 people to come out and vote back on April the 7th. Let's first isolate Dane County, which is home to Madison, that's the state's second largest city, and a major university town. This is also, given the liberal politics of the community, where you'd expect to see a higher voter turnout in a contested Democratic Party primary, especially with Bernie Sanders, favorite of college kids, on the ballot. Here's a chart of Dane County. The red line is active cases. The blue line is the new cases. Since Wisconsin held its primary on April the 7th, you can see that the blue line for new cases has been steadily decreasing. Furthermore, since Wisconsin held its primary on April 7th, the trend line of new cases has been consistently well below the trend line of, of, of existing cases at the exact same time. And new cases since April 7th have also been decreasing at a more rapid rate. Now, let's look next at three of Wisconsin, Wisconsin's most populous counties, and let's put them together. That's Dane, Brown, and Milwaukee counties. Now, recall, this is a chart of hospitalizations. In those counties. Recall that hospitalizations or overburdening the healthcare system, the hospital system, that was the primary and original rationale given for shutting the country down, that this was the curve we had to flatten, not to overwhelm our medical system and cause needless death because the system couldn't handle what it was already confronting. Right. That's what we were originally told. Correct. Since Wisconsin held its primary election on April 7th, as you can see, there has been no spike in hospitalizations in Brown County, which is in blue. That's a population of 250,000 people. 250,000 people live in Brown County. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yep. Go pack. Neither has there been one in Dane County in red, where your Badgers play. Correct. A half million people live in this county a half a million so that begs this question how is it possible holding its election in such densely populated areas did not create a spike in hospitalizations in those two densely populated Wisconsin counties how do you how do you explain that well let's go back to the graphic let's look at Milwaukee County that's the one at the top that's the one in gray it has been the hardest hit part of the state of Wisconsin However, except for right around April 9th, um, you will see that there has not been uh, a spike of hospitalizations in Wisconsin's most populous county since the April 7th primary election. Now, why April 9th? What happened on April 9th? April 9th was the date one of the largest hospitals in Milwaukee updated its public reporting after a week of lag time, meaning this was data that was dumped in and added to their count that predated Wisconsin's April 7th primary election. And even that spike only added about, when you do the math, only added about 100 more hospitalizations in Milwaukee County. And then you can see that after that reporting spike, those also began to level off during the virus's incubation period and never repeated itself that same spike again the rest of those 14 days. In addition, the hospital trend line in for Milwaukee County, since that, since that let me try that again. In addition, the hospitalization trend line for Milwaukee County shows that since April 15th. Right when the worst of that 14-day incubation period, we should be hitting it right about then, a full week in Since April 15th, only a week after Wisconsin's April 7th primary election, hospitalizations have been in decline. Milwaukee County has a population of 945,000 people how is it possible the most densely populated county in the state did not suffer a massive public health crisis following such a high turnout event like Wisconsin's April 7th primary election? Well, one potential answer could be the weather. The high temperature in Milwaukee that day, April 7th, that's the largest city in Milwaukee County, the high temperature that day, according to AccuWeather, was 79 degrees. AccuWeather says that is 30 degrees warmer. Almost 30 degrees because it's 50. Almost 30 degrees warmer than the average temperature for that date in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What about Green Bay? That's the largest city in Brown County we already looked at. AccuWeather says the high temperature in Green Bay, Wisconsin that day was 62 degrees, which is 12 degrees higher than the average temperature for that date in a given year, according to AccuWeather. Finally, let's go to Dane County. Madison is the largest city in that county. The high temperature that day, according to AccuWeather, 75 degrees. That's 25 degrees higher than the average temperature for that date in Madison, Wisconsin, according to AccuWeather. Could it be the reason Wisconsin did not see a public health crisis after permitting 465,786 people to leave their homes to vote, is because these people went outside in the warmth and sun. And the data shows we have given you how many data point examples in the last month and a half shows SARS viruses do not respond well in those environments, but instead prefer indoor climate-controlled habitats that they can infect for longer periods of time. At the very least... The data shows us Wisconsin did not worsen its battle with SARS-2 coronavirus by allowing 465,786 people out of their homes on April 7th to vote. And I keep repeating that number because I want to drive that home. That's a massive amount of people compared to how many were probably out and about in Wisconsin on April 6th and then again on April 8th. That is likely the largest outpouring of Americans since the lockdowns began. And that outpouring did not increase the public health threat Wisconsin faced from SARS-2 coronavirus, which should prompt us, again, I keep saying this, because every time we get more data, the same conclusion still applies. We should reevaluate our approach and end the lockdowns. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Todd, I'll start with you since it's your home state.
0: Uh, well, I, I want to give thanks uh, to my boys, uh, Matt and Evan Fitzgerald, who I, I grew up with. They are uh, fans of the show, been feeding me data all the time. So when you gave me this assignment, I went to them. Where, where do you start? And they're like- These Avenger. guys are like
1: engineers. One of them's an engineer, yeah, you, you one's in commercial like, real estate. Okay, so these guys, you didn't just find these guys like in the in, no, no. in a food pantry. Matt's my okay. best friend, Evan's right. his
0: younger brother. Evan's the engineer, and he just goes like Avengers Assemble. No, we got this. So put together all the data, happy uh, to be uh, on board. And uh, he, one last piece of data that you don't have. Brown County, where Green Bay is, just here within the last uh, 24 hours, I
1: believe. A data spike. Of new cases. Of new cases. Right. And why? Guess. I'm going to guess. Let me guess. Indoor, climate-controlled environment, either a nursing home or a meatpacking plant. The latter. The latter. Yep. And again who primarily works at meatpacking plants. Illegals immigrants do. Illegal especially or the illegal ones. Yes. Okay. Aaron, your thoughts.
2: Well, this is not the body count the uh, panic peddlers were looking for, I don't think, uh, because that's that's all that I can come up with, too, as as a conclusion. Right. I mean, that's that's not what they want, but it, it is the, the data that they need to continue to justify their perpetual insistence that we remain on lockdown until a magical uh, vaccine comes that will never come because the virus has already mutated 30 times, according to the Israelis. This is again. When you couple this with Florida, Wisconsin is a little bit different than Florida, isn't it? Especially it's a tad less sunny. It's especially yeah. in in March, in April. You know, when when we're going through well, seasonal that, let's change. Let's ask Todd.
1: When you were at the Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, did you guys just go out to the suburbs for spring break, or did you guys go down to Florida where it was warm and sunny?
0: Wisconsin can make Iowa look like a. Yeah. Warm
1: summer day. Because you didn't worry about, you know, going to party in warm climates in spring break. You went to a Christian school. You were mm-hmm. sheltered, right, Aaron? So yeah. I, I got to ask the kid that grew up in Madison. You guys didn't just go to the suburbs and just, you know, get your drink on out there and enjoy those 85 degree days in uh, in mid and late, in late March and early April in Madison, Wisconsin? That is not part of my memory. Yeah, it doesn't typically happen, does it? No. No. That's why you go where? Elsewhere you go elsewhere like Florida. Yeah, like your point. Eric. So
2: the climate in Wisconsin and the climate in Florida is different. I think can we stipulate to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stipulated. And yet we see similar trend lines here. Now, I don't know what the demographic makeup of of Wisconsin is as far as the elderly population goes, but it's the 19th oldest the population 19th, in the country, the 19th oldest population uh, in the country. All right. Guys, if you're seeing similar results in Florida as you are in Wisconsin, especially in Wisconsin where the climate should be different. Now, it was unseasonably warm there. But if you're seeing similar results in Florida and Wisconsin, good freaking gravy. If you tell me why, if you live in Colorado, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, any of these flyover states or really any state in general right now, why on earth are we still pursuing these lockdown-type strategies? I get that there's a difference between social distance guidelines, but in effect, when businesses hear that, when states issue their warnings, it's, it's effectually a, a lockdown. Why on earth are we continuing to perpetuate this as well? And during the, one more thing, during the coronavirus task force briefing yesterday, Dr. Deborah Burks said we're continuing to see an uptick in cases in confined areas and nursing homes. If she's seeing this, why on earth? Why on earth would we would we tell people you need to stay safer at home, mm-hmm. go out, get some sun? Go out, enjoy the warmer temperatures. It is slowly but surely during or amidst the rest of the, the the country. It is slowly but surely warming up outside because guess what? It's it's late April now. That's what we need to be doing. But no, we got to have our panic point.
0: Why about. on earth, indeed? And just to echo that point of what you said earlier about common sense. Here, a listener in Wisconsin just gets a hold of me on Twitter, watching the show now. The Milwaukee Irish Fest. Just canceled its festival being held in August. You've just had the experiment you in backyard that says that's not necessary. We're dealing with the spirit of the age, Steve
1: i don't I don't say this flippantly, okay. You may have to defy your governors for your own health and your own neighbors and your own neighborhoods. You may have to. I mean, we we we're worried about community spread with this, right? In fact, we now know, like we told you last segment, the earliest death we have in America from this on February 6th was via community spread. Well, the opposite is true then too. You've got to get our communities out of these environments where the virus thrives. Indoor, climate-controlled environments. Get out of your homes. Get out. Get some sun and some warmth. The minute it gets above 60 degrees and that sun is out, get out of your homes. Open, if if you are a governor, open your parks. Open your playgrounds. Get people out of their homes. How much more data do we need? This strategy is a failure. Failure. And it probably failed our elderly more. It probably made them more vulnerable. All the effort we took to put the healthy people indoors where they could get more infected potentially, we neglected them all the more. Hit reverse. When you're digging yourself a hole, put down the shovel. All right, back here again with our two live and on demand Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzen and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. 888 900 3393 is the number. 888 900 3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can find clips of this show that you can sample and share. And yes, later today we will be posting that rundown of what happened in Wisconsin after its primary and the data showing they did not see uh, a massive new surge, of SARS-2 coronavirus problems in that state, despite letting almost a half million people out to vote in person. We are going to be sharing that later today. You'll get that right there on our YouTube page. You can share it with others too. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. If you like the podcast of the show, then we like you too. You can like us more though by leaving us a five-star review. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. So please keep those coming. At the bottom of the hour, our good friend and weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us, but let's get first to one of our more popular segments of the show each and every week. It is called Buy, Sell, or Hold, and this week it is brought to you by the Classic Learning Test, one of our new partners and sponsors here on the show, because uh, they've existed long before now. But they want to help you out now that ACT and SAT, because they're left-wing organizations basically, have totally bought into the panic porn and shut down to not be there for your college-bound senior this spring. The classic learning test wants to be there instead. All right. So rather than canceling tests due to COVID-19, CLT has tripled their testing dates available for this spring. And they're doing a lot of this remotely piloting a technology for nearly a year that they were going to wait and unveil later, but they've decided to do it right now. All right. So many parents and students in America still don't know about CLT as a third option. Hopefully we're going to do our part to change that. Many colleges are just now looking at CLT as a solution as well. The exams are taken online and in just two hours with same day results. The classic learning test has been used by tens of thousands of students and hundreds of colleges and provides the most accurate and rigorous measure of academic formation, accomplishment, and potential. And better tests create better students. You can register for the April 25th official college entrance exam or the April 29th CLT10. Visit cltexam.com to do either one. cltexam.com, both exams, again, can be taken from the comfort of your home at cltexam.com let's get to it. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with help usually from you in the audience, we'll bring forth the series of predictions and prophecies and postulations. Todd, you and I will decide, do we buy that or do we sell that? Maybe if everyone's lucky, we'll have a good reason why, but we're not allowed. As long as our constitutional rights are infringed upon, holds are not allowed. We're suspending your right to hold until we get the majority of the rest of our rights back. So right now, it's just buy or sell. Aaron.
2: All right, we'll start with Chia, Jesus, Nehemiah, chapter 5, who says <laughs> the ruling class will always be willing to sacrifice the rest of the country for their own benefit, and they'll prove it whenever we let them.
1: Absolute buy. Correct. Absolute buy. Correct. And if you're struggling with, you know, Jesus said pray for your enemies, okay? If you're struggling with praying for much of American media right now, who is your enemy? whether you see it or not, they see you as it. And I say this as a guy that for many years in my career urged that we would engage that media. And you know, I did that for many years. Yes. But it's it's a pointless exercise now. It's kick the dust off your sandals and move on from tire and sidon at this point. If you're struggling with though, not hating them as much as they hate you, I want to give you a piece of advice. Can I do that? Yes. Don't get a Twitter account and don't follow any of them. Even even sports, oh, that's even worse. Well, Steve, I don't even care. How about I get a Twitter account just for follow my sports media? They're even worse. They're worse. Cause they're just, they hate you as much, but they're dumber. Like like they make like the the, not even the junior varsity arguments. Like the prepubescent level argument, middle school argument version. They're doing like diary of a wimpy kid version of, of that, of, of the, the same arguments that the professionals use. So it's, it's even worse and you'll see how much they hate you. You'll see. you don't need that in your life. Let, let people like me, let people like me take that on on your behalf.
0: Right? We wear it like
1: aftershaves. Yes. It's just our way. That's the cross we bear for you. The people.
2: Yes. Uh, the Chargers new uniforms. Oh, those are pretty.
1: Wow. Just leave, Can we leave those up there the whole show? I mean, every single one of those hit. Now, some hit more than others, okay? But to quote the great prophet Ned Beatty in the movie Rudy, this is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. I mean, these are spectacular. That is that is the greatest uniform collection of an American professional sports team I have ever seen. Is that I last mean, one black?
2: No, it's 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 navy blue. It's their old navy blue. I mean, dude, if I were younger,
1: I'd wear like a couple of these to prom. I mean, I'm straight up, these things are phenomenal. Those uniforms are.
2: Yeah, I'm agreed. so in on those right now. I think the navy blue are my favorites because that's what I remember the Chargers wearing when I was younger. Uh, and then my second favorite is the, the second one from the left there, the the yellow pants with yes, the baby the blue Lance tops. the
1: powder blues with those the yellow good. pants. Yeah. yeah. But even though I'm not typically an all-white fan, now my son Noah wants like all uniforms to be all white for some odd reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's their generation. But even that all-white look with the, with the powder blue trim, I mean, dude, yeah. I'd wear that on a date. Date may not last long, but I like that. I'm in.
2: All right, we'll move on to Garrett Leetson, who says the NBA should do a March Madness style championship tournament in Vegas, all teams included. Single elimination until the final four, then go to the best of three would be ratings from previous or would beat ratings from previous years finals.
1: I think this is a great idea, and I would buy. Yeah. I, I do think I think I do think hey, I'm optimistic. I'm not a lemming, okay? I'm, I'm not lying to myself. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, get out of your homes, end the lockdowns, and, and then turn right around and say, so guys, here's what we need to do. And in 16 cities across America as soon as possible because that's what eight playoff teams in each conference right so in 16 cities across America we need to begin putting 25,000 people in these arenas as soon as we possibly can for these NBA playoff games I, I wouldn't quite do that yet okay um, especially at a time that you're lagging behind with disinfectant and everything else because of our supply chain and that kind of stuff Yeah, I don't, I don't know like I don't know if if we have arenas that, if, if we have the supply chain capacity to like hand everybody um, a mask and or hand sanitizer when they go into an environment like that. I don't know if we do. All right. I doubt it, given what we're seeing at the Costco's around America. <laughs> okay. So we may be a couple of months away from stuff like that yet, but... That's why we got to get people outdoors so that when the fall comes, we can go back to those indoor environments because we have herd immunity now and those antibodies, we've spread them around, right? Right. So for the time being, if I were the NBA, I I would probably give up the ghost that I'm going to play a full, I'm going to play out my regular season in a full playoff and and play this into like September because you start running into the lag. Your Your new training camp for the next season starts in September. You can't just, all right, guys, come back in a week and it, no, he can't do that. So, if I were them, I would do your suggestion. All right, and it'd be epic. It would be epic. It, I mean, I would watch absolutely yes, every game. I know. I mean, I think it would be, and, and I'm the kind of guy that I used to love the NBA. I can't. I don't really get into it now until the playoffs. And then even then I, because now only two or three teams every year can win the title, I don't get into it to almost the conference finals, I'd watch every single would, one of these games.
0: They would have the game 7 hockey effect yep. that you talked about and also you can they would be able to do this without having to worry about, you know, coming back if they've, you know, let themselves go a little bit mm-hmm. right now, you know, they're still professional athletes. They can muscle it up for this as opposed to seven-game series after seven-game series right. after seven-game series, yeah.
1: Like, like if, if if the iCubs said, hey, we're going to have our first home game, that's our AAA affiliate here in town, for people that don't know, Chicago Cubs AAA affiliate, or if you live in a major late town, if it was 70-plus degrees outside and they had a game tomorrow, I'd go. Oh,
2: I have go. no problem oh, going. Oh, I want to go. Okay,
1: yeah. I'd have. Well, I mean, from a safety perspective, sure. I would not think twice to take my kids. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, if you're going to take me into an indoor arena, though, and and a lot of these places have not had consistent seventy to seventy-five degree weather yet, and it's more and and so the warm weather is still more of an outlier, and we're all going to be indoors and packed in there, I I would hesitate. And and man, hey man, I have been like you know, the Paul Revere almost of Team Sanity for the last couple of months, right? And even I'm telling you, based on, you know why? The same reason I was Team Sanity research is the same reason I would tell you, eh, I'd actually probably want to wait until we've had an entire summer uh, and more antibody spread before I said, all right, let's go indoors and, and do college and NBA basketball again. But this kind of thing that you can quarantine these teams, you put them all out in Vegas. Las Vegas has really strict travel requirements right now because they're trying to open up as fast as they possibly can because those casinos are losing billions every day with this. Um, I think this is a great idea for a made for television event.
2: Agreed. Uh, Constantinos Roditas says even if the Small Business Association Paycheck Protection Program is injected with more money, most small businesses that applied will not get any money. But later this year, a multi-trillion dollar pension bill out for states will happen.
1: I think... I'll I'll sell. I I agree with the latter part. I I, I don't know enough about... I think it's too early on the first part yet. And the reason why I think it's too early on the first part yet is that that's going to be a key constituency in this election this fall. Are those small business owners and their employees? And just as I told you for the last year, the reality is we're going to bail out the college kids because they're going to be voting here a lot longer than the, the... generation that paid out of their own pocket for college the old-fashioned way that's just how politics works guys okay that i again i'm not advocating it i'm just telling you i'm the media I'm the meteorologist that's the weather forecast the weather is the people who vote more tend are, and are going to be voting more longer tend to get more of their way than the people who don't all right well that kind of i think applies here don't you I mean, that's a lot of voters that's yeah. a lot of employees then i i could see both parties racing to do, to look like they're the champion of this later on. I could see Democrats who are missing opportunities to attack Trump because of their own party idolatry and we're going to talk about that tomorrow for theology Thursday. But this is one area where they could still probably overcome their their, their ideological bias and and try to get to a more populist angle with trump and say hey we're willing to mm-hmm. do even more for small businesses than trump I, I i think you could see a bidding war i guess yes, is what i'm trying to say for this constituency
0: that's why i sold I, money is gonna end up in fat cats hands uh even though there's pushback regarding harvard uh shake shack wanted no part of it and actually gave money back not that they're necessarily a fat cat but there was some uh, you know People are unclear about who is supposed to take uh, uh, what money. And Mnuchin was out there yesterday saying, you know, there will be penalties if if uh, you grab what isn't supposed to be uh, yours. But set aside whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. Steve's point is exactly right, and why I sold you, you. You can give money fat cats if you are also giving small businesses money, and they'll they'll deal with it. But if you give fat cats money and the small businesses don't get it, whether you have an R or a D. It's it's trouble
1: for you, and I, but I do agree wholeheartedly with the last part. States, the states are all getting bailed out. That's going to happen too. Yeah. You know why? Because how do we decide elections in this country for the presidency? What decides it? The electoral college. How is mm-hmm. that determined? Individual states. Same thing factors in. You think Donald Trump is going to go on the ballot and 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 have Michigan or Pennsylvania out there saying, "Hey, our pension programs collapsed." You know, no. That's not going to happen, man. We're going to run out. We ran out of toilet paper last month. In the couple of months to come, you're going to be running out of copy paper because they are just going to be Xeroxing the bleep out of out of the out of the financial printing press here this summer. Mark my words.
0: And also, you take care of the states. Even you make it, they're going to do it. But we've seen how Democrat governors, you mentioned it, Steve Newsom, obviously, in Mm -hmm. uh, New York as well, how they've waxed poetic about how Trump has done. Well, you can make it tougher for them to come out hard at you electorally when it comes to the the actual election. Um, Because even though they will, you can corner them with a level of uh, hypocrisy. And hey, man, I mean, why are you trying to go? hammering tongs against me now when I just helped your state uh, not burn to the ground. Uh, it puts Democrats, it, it, it puts politicians in states in a tough position to rip on Trump if he's taken, if to take, help take care of them at the federal level.
1: You know, we talked about Gavin Newsom and could you see a dynamic, you know, where Roger Goodell is doing an event with Donald Trump trying to pressure Gavin Newsom to let training camp happen mm-hmm. in California so the NFL could come back as he's the holdout. The studies done at Stanford and and at USC, he is rapidly even in yeah. a even in a state as left wing as this one, people want to be outside, out of their homes. He was already facing protests last weekend. He he's even in California, Gavin Newsom is running out of ground to stand on the the the, the ground to continue right. these lockdowns is eroding in his in real time, even for a guy like him. Yeah.
0: and that wasn't partisan analysis on our part because it would be the true if things were reversed uh, oh,
1: absolutely if it was reversed, would there be some Republican governors who would yes. absolutely say, "Hey, I don't know that had future political aspirations right. yes but but and and here's what would here's what would change though. Or he, here's what would not reverse I'm just debate.
0: saying we weren't doing a defense of Trump in any way there
1: <laughs> here's what although I don't mind defending him if he's right and I sure, know no, you don't either right but here's the thing that would not reverse if everything we now know and was still going on and a Democrat was in the White House here's the same thing that would still be happening all the same people hand ringers on the right that have had that have that have clutched their pearls and ver- and I'm not even talking about David French types like I'm I'm, I'm talking about people you think are actual conservatives Right. Rich Lowry would still have written that column in the national review that we broke down and destroyed last week. Like what you've seen on the, I can't speak for the left, but on the right, we'd still have the same division we have. Yes. Meaning that the same Pearl Clutcher virtue signaling blue check mark crowd on the right would still be like, we have to stay in our homes. And the same, the rest of us were like, dude, I I hate this Democrat. I can't wait to vote against him in November, but I I got a payroll to meet and mama needs a new pair of shoes, right? I mean, I think that would not be in reverse. I think the divide you see on the right right now would still would be the exact same divide we would see if a Democrat were in the White House. Because I think that's not even partisan. I think that's largely a cultural mindset that I think... Progressivism, just as progressivism transcends a lot of these political um, uh, institutions, regardless Uh of of what their party alignment is, this this sort of rugged individualism does the same thing or lack thereof.
2: Uh, Moving on to Richard Vickroy, who says there will be at least one more New England Patriot redirection slash defection to Tampa Bay now that Brady and Gronk have been reunited.
1: Uh, I'll buy that. Yeah, I will
0: buy that for sure. Also, also. Uh, I mean, it's not. This wasn't really. Gronk wasn't playing. He, he if if he, I mean, really. Uh, Belichick still gets a draft pick for a guy that wasn't even playing. This is just kind of a quirky thing. Okay.
1: I uh, think. I think it's. I think. Be, I think the, the, because he wasn't playing, they're trying to get the band back together. I think they're trying to do. Uh, this is the Eagles when hell freezes over tour, just in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. That's what I think.
2: Uh, let's see. Jim Stalker says, if Kim Jong-un really is sick, President Trump will take to Twitter with a Hallmark-esque tweet, <laughs> wishing him a quick recovery.
1: Didn't he kind of go there yeah, yesterday? Uh, on camera, yeah. <coughs> Did he yesterday? And I mean, it was like, I just think if, if, we, if anybody else was in charge yeah. over there, we'd be in a war with them right now or something. Uh, uh. Uh. You know what? if that's true then that's even more of a reason to not kiss their ass they're even worse than we if if he is if he is the voice of reason then it's even worse than we thought okay <laughs> so yeah i i gotta buy on that absolutely
2: Oh well, let's see as you hear the uh the chopper in our background here that's that's super cool Uh, we'll go to Aaron Rialli, who says Mount Rushmore of underrated 90s sitcoms he's got Home Improvement Family Matters Everybody Loves Raymond and Boy Meets World now hold on man
1: two of those are like two of the highest rated shows of the decade yeah you cannot have Everybody Loves Raymond and Home Improvement as underrated. Yeah. You're like Dick Vitale. Hey, Dick, who's your dark horse for the <laughs> final four? Well, Duke's only a three seed, and I can't believe it, man. I mean, hey, baby, I mean, it's the Dukies. Duke's never a dark horse, okay? Home Improvement is not a dark horse. It was one of the most watched shows of that entire decade. And neither is Everybody Loves Raymond, even though it was probably more popular in the early 2000s. But no. No, those aren't underrated. I'm with you. At Boy meets world. I agree. Boy, though, you want to know what's terrible? Have your daughters made you watch Girl Meets World? No. They
0: haven't. We just started watching. Boy, I want
1: to, I want to bite into my arm and sever an artery, like Pazuzu we were talking about yesterday. Or I want to stab. I want to. I want to Joker trick myself. That's what Girl Meets World is. It is like every every it's it's like I'm convinced the guys who it's, apparently it's the same show, team that did the Boy Meets World it's just now he's grown up and it's about his daughter and yeah. her friends I'm convinced they just are misogynist and hate women every negative stereotype about tween and preteen and teenage girls every box is checked every box every last box every box it's I hate it my girls
0: somehow found Boy Meets World before coronavirus, but within the last couple of months, and I never watched it. Uh, so I ended up kind of nostalgically, like, see.
1: Yeah. It was it was, yeah, it was decent. Okay. I agree that that's over it's underrated. Yeah, I'd put that on the list. What was on Family Matters was on there too, right?
2: Uh yeah. Is yeah, that were two of the
1: Friday, yeah. I that, never watched. That it. absolutely belongs on there. Those are two of the Friday night things that they used to do back in the day.
2: I barely yeah. remember TGIF on uh, ABC.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm fine with two of those, but those other two. You can't put like top 5 or 10 shows of a decade on a list and say here is my most underrated. No. No. That's a dude foul, man. But Aaron God bless him,
0: but Aaron's the guy who thinks uh, Rise of Skywalker is a masterpiece. let that so. go. Okay. He does.
2: What did yeah. that have to do with what we're talking about?
0: It's Aaron. Oh, Ray? that was that Aaron. It's him. Okay, it's his not, Aaron. not our Aaron. Okay. No, not oh, no, Aaron. The, yeah, the, gotcha. the one
2: on the thing. Yeah. Okay, um, I gotcha. Jennifer Harris says, uh, what we were being put through with this virus is an example of how things would be without the electoral college. The big cities on both coasts would be the model for the whole country, and we in the middle are forgotten and just have to live with it.
1: That's brilliant. Yep. Absolute brilliant observational analysis, cash money homie. Absolutely, brilliant.
2: Absolutely. All right. Assume you're being lied to, says the quiet part out loud. But I love his name, so we're going to do this. CNN paid Chris Cuomo to lie about having coronavirus. I'll buy. I
1: think the odds are higher that that's true than the uh, than the latter. I'm game.
2: I'm buying. Uh, dad bodman says uh, police drone skeet shooting will become a thing and lead to a court case to determine legality slash privacy of airspace over one's home Oh, that's an
1: absolute buy. yep you bet
0: did you see that footage out of australia with the helicopter
2: yeah Mm -hmm. it looks like they're about to blow those those drinkers to smithereens (laughs) with a hellfire missile it's ridiculous uh, John Endicott says, with all that's happened recently, Las Vegas shooting, Kavanaugh, impeachment, and coronavirus, etc., the phrase conspiracy theory should be changed to unverified theory and lose some of the stigma attached.
1: If you, would have got, if you could go back to find 2015, Steve, and say, hey, in the next few years, you're going to buy this. 2015, 2016, Steve, maybe even 2017, Steve. Would have said, hell no. Twenty twenty, Steve. Hell yeah. Yep. Because twenty twenty, Steve has to pay attention to what happened between twenty seventeen and right now, and what's going on right now. In fact, um, and so yeah, I have to buy that, and especially because now everything that see this label's been abused too. It's the new. It's the new racist, conspiracy yeah, theorist. Anything, anything that doesn't that doesn't immediately line up with whatever the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, uh, Overton Window narrative is of the day is automatically now labeled as conspiracy theory. Everything is, right? Just like we were all alt-right nationalists before, right? Remember when they tried to peg Ben Shapiro as an anti-Semite alt-right nationalist? Uh. (laughs) Okay. Everything that's not left-wing is alt-right anti-Semitic nationalism. and, And now everything that doesn't buy the whatever immediate narrative they're peddling, Everything now is a conspiracy theory, everything is.
2: All right, uh, Chris Roman has a top five, in no particular order, uh, most exciting Major League Baseball. Oh, um, this is a good list. Uplifting or exciting batting plays in the last 50 years. Number five, September 2001, Mike Piazza home run after 9-11. Number four, Hank Aaron home run number seven fifteen. Number nine. Er, number three is 1988 World Series home run by Kirk Gibson. Number two, 1977 World Series Jackson, three swings, three home runs and number 1 game 6 of the 1986 World Series the Buckner play.
1: That's a great list, but I'm I I think four out of the five are cash money and I would I'd probably put them in a different order. All right? I mean Kirk Gibson home run. I mean Jack Buck. I don't believe what I just saw. Oh, I yeah. mean I'll, that you know, he can barely move around the it just even now makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. That would be number 1. I but I'd have in my top five, I would have four of yours, but you're missing an obvious one. I got I to kick Piazza out, especially because his team didn't even win that World Series. You got to have, guys, only one time in the last 50 years did someone step up to the plate in a deciding game and win a World Series on a final swing. Joe Carter? Joe Carter. How is that not on your list? That has to be on your list. And if I don't, if I don't say that, Wherever whatever compound in rural Massachusetts Kurt Schilling is currently hiding out in, still cursing Joe Carter to this very day because he was on Phillies, he will come and find me for not pointing out okay that that belongs on the list. I mean that has Joe Carter's home run has to be on that list. Has to be. It's the only time it's happened since Bill Mazeroski, and that was more than fifty years ago. It has to be on the list.
0: For my money, I would take off. uh I could also take off Reggie Jackson, not because it's un- unbelievable, but I'm I'm going by moments. I I remember Kirk Gibson. I remember Bill Buckner. One I will always remember. Yastrzemski? Uh, on that level. No, not Yastrzemski. Okay. Because they uh, lost that World oh, Series 2. It was a famous home run. Yeah. It's a, he, it's, he, he's he's faded into history and you'll probably never remember. But when Francisco Cabrero drove F- Sid Bream home,
1: oh, we well, well, get the try
0: to throw yep. him out yep. and Sid Bream lumbering in. Yeah, I remember, I that. remember that. That was 1992. Where, right? Oh yes. Yep. It was brilliant. And that was a time of just brilliant baseball. That's Kirby Puckett and the twins and him, you know, making flying Superman catches against the trash bag. I mean, I just, that was a special time of baseball for me.
1: But if you're going to go 90%, I got to give you a
2: buy. Yeah, you're, you're, no, You oh, yeah. might be missing the most yeah. obvious one by some. Yep. Some
1: people might say the Joe Carter one would be their number one. Yep. But the rest of that list, I think, is is right on.
2: Well done, Mister Roman. Uh, let's do rapid fire here in the last uh, couple of minutes. Jacob Hibbard says JT Daniels is the game changing quarterback that elevates Michigan to actually compete with Ohio State.
1: Sal, I, I don't foresee that ever happening ever again.
0: Uh, well, okay. Let's not make it quite Bye. as. Dr- uh, well i'll sell but see do you think he's coming based on i didn't realize until you told me on tw- i think you, i saw you say it on twitter he was actually that was his number two all along yeah so he, forget was down usc
1: and michigan at the end
0: so set yeah. aside whether he's going to elevate them to what he said just is he coming
1: to michigan do you think i think if he can get himself eligible and graduate this spring i think michigan will go all in to bring him in yeah
2: all right rapid fire here for the last uh, 90 seconds uh, Eric Nikulik says buy, seller hold Bill de Blasio's new life verses where two or three gather in my name there I shall be with <laughs> them also
1: bye
2: well done Nathan Kodis, Uh let's see uh, the, he has the top 10 most iconic oh, yeah, to save 80s this rock one for another time. albums that requires is, more
1: of a breakdown well save I, I would time. love
2: to put you in a corner though uh, let's see top 5 the Who songs by Christian Dodson uh, 5 behind Blue, Blue Eyes 4 Pinball Wizard Three, Baba O'Reilly, two, my generation, and one won't get fooled again.
1: No, uh, I sell. Number one's right, but the rest of that list, there's some issues with that rest of that list. Bob O'Reilly belongs on there, but mm-hmm. my generation's not number two. No. Todd.
2: I will sell as well. But... All right. Patrick Walsh says the Nancy Pelosi ad is more devastating than the Willie Horton ad, and she'll not get reelected because of it. It
1: may be more devastating to Democrats nationally. I doubt, yeah. though, it cost her reelection in that yeah. district, so I will sell. Correct.
2: Uh, Let's see, Dominic Ramirez says, Joe Biden wants to bring someone young and fresh to the ticket and picks Nancy Pelosi as his running mate.
1: I'll buy that. That's great. Yes.
2: (laughs) Uh, Vaping away coronavirus says, people will eventually just open their businesses responsibly without state's permission.
1: That's coming. I agree. Bye. Bye. All right, that's it for buy, seller hold. Yeah, we'll bring back that 80s album list a time. We've got uh, more time for you to corner me. Sure. All right. We'll come back. Speaking of being cornered, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here in just a moment. Stay tuned. <laughs> you know, we do the same thing with our dog's food. That we do with the human food as well, strip it of all those alive organisms, those micro bacteria, prebiotics, probiotics, nutrients, vitamins, you know, the stuff that we need in our food, which is why we're taking so many supplements nowadays, because it's not in there anymore. Well, we strip it out of the human food so we can mass consume it, produce it and give it a long shelf life, sometimes about two or three years. Same things going on with our dog food as well. And that's where Rough Green's VitaSmart comes in. It is not another dog food. It's just a supplement like we take as humans that puts all that stuff back in your dog's food to make it even better. And right now you can take the Rough Green's 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge for just $14.95 to see your dog thrive even more. Do it right now when you go to roughgreens.com. That's R U F F for roughgreens.com and then slash blaze. Roughgreens, R U F F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. And apparently, this stuff tastes really good in your dog's food because our dog, Cap, absolutely loves it. All right. So, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's get to our weekly profit of
3: woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is here. Good to see you, my friend. How are you, brother? Well, Steve, I'm still not locked up and I haven't disappeared like in China. So uh, let's count our blessings. Daniel, uh, CNN,
1: I rarely, you know, you and I both hate the click-servative crap, okay? But this requires an exception. CNN led the Batan Death March, breathlessly demanding shutdown for EVS, y'all, Okay. I mean, you got Chris Cuomo out there, you know, I've got coronavirus, 14 day, uh, you know, I'm a 14 day exile while he's, at, then he gets outed by his own bro for leaving the house to go visit folks on the weekend during his alleged uh, quarantine. You've got, what's her face? Uh, don't say boobs, Beth, who was getting drunk on New Year's Eve or something. What's her name? you remember that guy? Brooke, Brooke Baldwin. Oh, it's Brooke. Ball. It's Brooke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and she's like doing videos from her home. I can't wash my hair. All right. You know, cause she's tested positive for COVID-19. Okay. We had, this was the network leading the charge, charge of the shutdown brigade. And today they have a story. We may end up seeing starvation in the world of quote, biblical proportions because of what we have done to our supply chains with these shutdowns. As they come to grips with the fact that they may have played a hand in killing far more people via starvation then coronavirus might have even killed without any mitigation whatsoever. Your thoughts on the law of unintended consequences coming home to roost once more, my friend.
3: Well, Steve, look, just in the state of Tennessee alone, suicides now outnumber coronavirus deaths. Um, we're seeing this everywhere. But I think what you pointed out is something very interesting about the Chris Cuomo thing and this double standard. You see... What's happening here is nothing to do with science, even their version of the pseudoscience. It is a matter of taking everything they ever wanted to do to this country and now understanding that because of the Republican Party, that it's as, as impotent as whatever. Yeah, don't know.
1: don't finish that analogy. We'll okay. just fill in, fill in the yeah, blank on well, our own. Yeah, All right, go ahead. You yeah. Know,
3: yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: they I especially know what you meant after I watched that uh, Brian Stelter tweet. I think a lot of guys, after reading that, know what you mean, yeah. brother. Yeah, And All the right, commercial
3: go from a formal, former former uh, presidential candidate. But the point is they know they can do anything they've ever wanted to do without firing a shot. Anything they want to do, Pelosi will get the vote teed up. Trump will beat the hell out of any conservative who actually tries to stand for his own agenda and his own words of reopening America. And they're going to vote by acclamation and they could do anything. So why not? I can, I can do because I can. And again, where you see we have an illegitimate government and illegitimate media is the hypocritical amalgamation of tyranny and anarchy. In every other country where you have tyranny, you don't have anarchy, right? So if you're gonna be like Singapore, well, you're not gonna let go the criminals. But now that's what we're seeing this week. We're seeing all these cops that are like, look, our hands are tied. Them burglaring the all the shops that are forcibly shut down in New York City. Oh, the cops get punched in the face and have water thrown on them. They look, you know, you've noticed, they look so weak recently. Yet when it comes to moms with kids at a playground, boy, somehow they're this powerful juggernaut that could go and and you know lock their hands behind their backs, arrest them. This is what's happening. This is the work of Satan. Steve, we have never had this. We never dreamed of having this in our lifetime. This is a hundred times worse than anything that went on in the 1770s. The Stamp Act was a nothing burger. It really was. They were free to do anything they wanted back then. I mean, I'm just sorry. It's nothing like today. And I guess... I'm not again I'm not surprised by the political class what they always do is what you said they create a problem do the drive by and then they're there dressed up like the firefighter when they were the arsonist to go and solve the problem and they're going to solve the famine problem too, just like they solved the bankruptcy and unemployment problem. And the problem of the solution to the problem of the first iteration of the bill this week, where they passed it within two hours of introducing it in the Senate yesterday. And Trump, of course, supported it. So this is where we're at, Steve. The one thing that does shock me is where are the patriots? Where are all these Koch brother libertarians? Who for years was like liberty is so important that you're not allowed to have immigration laws. You're not allowed to have um, basic, you know, decency laws that have been in place since 17. The 1700s. They're, they're labeling people right?
1: like you and me conspiracy theorists. That's where they are.
3: Yeah. I, no. I mean, the same people that are like all for the Constitution are are shadowboxing me for standing up for the 14th Amendment, what it actually means. Um, the same people who believe that. You know, basically, states could be crushed and be forced to uh, recognize a horse and a donkey as a marriage. Now, suddenly, states can create travel bans, interstate, inter-house, inter-person. Um, There's no limit now. So, you know, to me, what you find from CNN, going back to that, is the worst mix of Marie Antoinette. We have a political class ruling over America and I want to say something very clearly. I don't know what powers we have to correct this at this point. But what I do know is in our hearts, we must make it very clear. The government we have today is 100% illegitimate. It is illegitimate from head to toe and does not derive its power from the consent of the governed. It is not rooted in the social compact. And it is therefore null and void in terms of the just laws of our country you some of
1: the spirit you just articulated you're seeing it i mean we're seeing it it probably took longer than maybe people like you and i wanted it to but the minute we've got we started getting more of our own data not data you know theorizings or you know interpretations of what china and who told us But the minute we started getting more and more of our own data You started to see a massive pivot now where you've seen there were protests. North Carolina had an even bigger one yesterday. Missouri, California, Washington, Minnesota. Um, You're seeing governors now are are even Georgia, which, um, you know, none none of these states are going to hit the draconian model peak. But by and large, Georgia has been hit harder than most other states have been. Even its governor is out there, you know, taking some uh, early steps to reopen its state and is getting hammered because, you know, you can go get a haircut from a bunch of uh, media people that I would assume are not doing their own hair and makeup over there at 30 rock. I I would assume they've got teams doing that for them wouldn't you, so some of that spirit is is beginning to come forth. Now you're starting to see it now more and you're starting to see more and more of these governors are saying, well, if that guy's opening up. Maybe I got to do it. And, um, and, and, I kind of think the genie's out of the
3: bottle now. I, I don't think they can put it back
1: in now. What are your thoughts?
3: Steve, there's one impediment, and maybe some of our listeners and you know viewers aren't gonna like what I have to say, but it's Donald J. Trump. Right now he is serving as the ultimate false flag, wet blanket on a budding revolt. See, when I wrote earlier this week my 15-point indictment modeled after the Declaration of Independence of what our government had has done, I, I felt a little bit awkward as I was finishing the piece because I was thinking, who am I directing this at? You know, back then it was directed at one man King George. So it's well, it's county people, governors, Fauci, Kushner. And I'm thinking, well, we got the top dog, the president of the United States, that officially is supportive of what we're saying, but then we see what emanates from him and the White House in terms of the policy outcomes and the legislation he signs is the opposite. And I feel if we had a Democrat as president, I'm not hoping for it. I'm just saying if we did, I feel like half the country would revolt. But yet the problem is, like, <clears> it's <throat> kind of taken care of. Trump's going to open it up. Mm-hmm. Trump has our back. Trump's cutting off immigration, except he's not. Um you know, I, I, th- this is the problem, and I, I just don't know what to do with this guy. It appears like he agrees with us, but somehow it's like every time he talks big pre-game, we wind up getting a worse interception than we would have under Jeb Bush. I, I just don't understand where you could get a collection of people like Fauci, Burks, Mnuchin, and Kushner um, worse under any other Republican.
1: Yeah, those people are pretty bad. Um. Minuchin's one of those people that uh, hurts me. I just I have a hard time reconciling how that guy's worth a billion dollars. How did he get that money? How how did he keep it? How the
3: crap rises to the top? Yeah, you know, Steve. I mean that, that that's just how it is. <laughs> what
1: I mean, am that, I that's missing? What we're
3: seeing. How does a guy like Governor Brad Chicken Little, this this loser, impotent, whatever clown governor of Idaho, um you know, is now having people arrested for having yard sales in front of their homes. Mm-hmm. And that woman, obviously, in Idaho arrested at the park. I mean, this is a state where Republicans control every statewide uh, office. They have four to one majority is in both houses. And yet the degree of tyranny in Idaho is the same as California. There's no such thing as a red state in America. And, and, and the bottom line of Steve, is it all leads back to one thing. And it's hey, guy, one, six. Right. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse full of holes. Now, that describes Congress's legislation, but it also describes our trust in the Republican Party. How many times and for how much longer are we going to keep up this charade? If we can have a party that could provide somewhat of a contrast to what the radical anarcho-tyranny left is doing right now in the areas they control, then why have a Republican Party? Why even have a Republican Party? And f- my final comment on, on the budding rebellion you're you're talking about is my concern is this. I'm very heartened by what I'm seeing. But what is to stop that same Minuteman movement, let's call it that for a moment, like the Tea Party movement before it, from becoming nothing but the Republican Party, rinse and repeat the same cycle of failure.
1: Hmm. If you were in the White House right now, you had an audience with the president, and he said, Daniel, give me your two or three, uh, give me two or three things you think I ought to be doing differently. I've got about the two minutes here. What would those be?
3: Top thing is very simple. There's going to be another fifth round of legislation. This should have been done on the last two rounds of legislation. Trump needs to make it clear. There is no more bailout money for the states. And I will veto any bill that has it in there. Any more funding for your states in any capacity must be parlayed against specific measures that not only suspend the current shutdown, but permanently Denude these governors of their ill-gotten powers to suspend authority, suspend work, suspend free movement beyond, let's say, 72 hours at a time. Something like that. That is the linchpin of all of this. The states don't have the money to put their money where their mouth is to fund their shutdown. They, they are nothing. It's all the federal printing press, and we could talk about the consequences of that, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's the federal printing press. Every one of these bills is fueling, facilitating, and elongating the shutdown. He keeps encouraging it, and he has promised another bailout for the states. He promised that on Twitter yesterday. He needs to say, you, no ticky, no shirty. No, if you continue the government shutdown you don't get another penny. For every penny you get, these regulations go off and they go off permanently. That will end this whole thing.
1: Good to see you as always, my friend. Thanks for joining us and for the work you're doing, all right? Take care.
3: God bless. Take care.
1: Same to you. What do you think, gentlemen? Conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz.
2: Oh, man. it's uh, There's nothing really more left left to say. I, I, I want to be... I want to be uh, optimistic and talking about, uh, you know, the proposals. I've, I've seen things, uh, proposals that uh, expand the regulation rule that uh, the White House uh, currently supposedly has where, um, you know, coming out of this, our, part of our economic plan will be to get rid of reg- regulations. And that gives me some longer-term hope. But good, good grief. Some of these states that we're really excited to be opening right now, and open at the end of this month i I, i'm glad that's happening don't don't get me wrong they they should have been open three weeks ago i mean the damage has already been i mean it's great we're gonna get probably another round of unemployment numbers tomorrow The, the damage basically this whole thing is what i'm trying to say is a sunk cost already what what is actually going to what is actually going to to be best for the long term and i just don't I don't see that. I mean, the first baby step is actually getting things open again. But as we just heard from Daniel, goodness gracious, that's not even going to happen without fights, without, without ticky tack fights. So I, I, I'm struggling being optimistic overall. I'm a lot more optimistic than I was three weeks ago. Um, but in the grand scheme of things as well, uh, this is going to be a crater. That's going to take a long, long time to climb out from.
0: Yeah. It, it bears repeating what Daniel said about Trump relative to, you know, Bushies or something like that. You know, it's, it's simultane that is true while it's simultaneously become clear to me for the first, I told you before coronavirus, I was probably not voting for Donald Trump. I am almost certainly at this point voting for Donald Trump while everything Daniel said is absolutely true about his lack of efficacy in so many ways. I'm just, it's... I own that alone. That's just me speaking, but it's because of the preposterous nature of what the alternative is and how willing they
1: are to destroy this nation. Something we're going to talk about tomorrow for theology Thursday is when we talk about how progressivism is a cult, there is an obvious political win here for the democratic party. And yet it is either unwilling or incapable of taking advantage of it. Correct. And we're gonna describe why for Theology Thursday tomorrow. All right. Uh, we're gonna stick around, do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. See you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.